0: Talk Zone presents Motivation with a Purpose Radio, the show that highlights the inspirational stories of people from all walks of life. Now, bringing you real inspiration, you are your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. Welcome to Talk Zone, the home of Motivation for, with a Purpose Radio. Every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, where we attempt to inspire, motivate, and challenge you to live and work with purpose. I'm Rich Hallstrom, and once again at my side is Zeke Bambolo, noted author of the book, The First Born Son. And we want to take this time to remind you once again that we are here every Friday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1
1: p.m. Central. And Zeke, how are you doing so far today, my friend? it's been a wonderful day and i thank you so much my friend i just uh it's a it's a gloomy day out here in the northwest in seattle especially but uh i just got a note from my wife who was uh, picking up my son that uh, he was doing his jogathon this morning uh, he's he's 3 years old and he ran the top number of laps in his class you know about 16 or so laps and he's really excited did a good job and he's got to raise some money to Gave back for uh, some good causes at his school. So, uh, hey, excellent, for, excellent for a dad. Starting. For a dad, that's an awesome place to be this morning. Excellent, excellent.
0: Uh, you will, he will be in good shape to do all those chores in future years.
1: Is oh, yes, right. Yes. Oh, hey! That's the uh, the plan is that you start to teach the children early that it's not about themselves, but about helping others to begin with. So, we hope that we have a good teachable moment to talk about what happened today and give him a chance to uh, to actually sink himself into understanding that uh, he has a a purpose. That you know, again, being my firstborn son, he has a purpose that's larger than. Uh, than him. It transcends the individual. But uh, it's a great place for us to start. And at three years old, it's never too early to start make, teaching those, those uh, uh, good traits and those good qualities. It's,
0: yes, it's never too late to uh, start the uh, learning of good habits. And that's exactly what we're going to do with today's show. As Elise Baumbach, project manager for the Morning Center, is going to talk about the importance of maternity care uh, from a private health care model, and as we know, being a mother and all the proper things that go into the early stages of that can really set the tone for life, and uh, Zeke, I know you know something about that, you know, uh, being a parent, that those had to be some of the most uh, challenging and some of the most rewarding days of your life, and uh, now you get to see the kids grow up and and uh, mature into great adults, but it all starts with that beginning time, which is very, very important. And you know, we're looking forward to our discussion with Elise Bombach this morning. We want to take this moment to remind you guys to look for us on talkzone.com every week. Go to the talk channel and look up motivation with a purpose. You can also find us and on Facebook at MWP Radio AM and then at MotivationWithApurpose.com coming soon. We will have our very own webpage to go along with our home here at TalkZone.com on the host page. Anything else you want to throw into the mix, Zeke, on how people can contact us on either Facebook or Twitter or even Skype out here in uh, the virtual world.
1: Actually, you know, I think you've done a good job of sharing those areas where we will be. I think uh, eventually we can probably talk about other opportunities for uh, pushing out the the podcast uh, versions, if I can call it that, of of what goes on here in terms of people always coming back and taking a a listen to the archive version of this show. Uh, But as we segue, nonetheless, uh, to hopefully bring our guests on, Uh, you know, you, you, you were talking a little bit earlier about uh, the importance of that stage of life, and uh, as we segue here, I, I know that um, we are in a place in our society and our uh, communities right now where uh, life is not given as high a pedestal as it should be. And uh, sometimes, you know, this thing about the pro-choice or pro-life and so forth, as Actually with a person like myself who does a lot of uh, speaking and focus on the power of multi-generational family legacy. Uh, I think I'm looking forward to having a great discussion with Elise and hearing her thoughts and some of the things that they are doing to impact uh, a, 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 an area of our about, about society that really needs strong people standing up, speaking, and putting their actions you know, into play and not just their mouths or their words. So I'm looking forward to hearing this uh, lady and hearing about her her organization.
0: Well then, Zeke, let's get to it. Elise Bombach is currently the project manager for the Morning Center. She is also a former crisis pregnancy center administrator. She was born and raised in Boise, Idaho. Prior to her position as executive assistant at Samaritan Ministries, she was an event manager for American Vision and Stanton Healthcare. Elise joined Samaritan Ministries, which is the parent company of the Morning Center, because she believes in the private health care model. Elise is also studying at this time to become a midwife, and we're going to ask her about that. And her greatest joy is currently serving God with her husband, Lucas, and we welcome Elise to Motivation with a Purpose. Hi, Elise. How are you?
2: Hi, gentlemen. It's great to be here. I am doing well.
0: How are you? We are doing great. Great to have you with us for this very important topic. Uh, Let's get started. Tell us, what is the Morning Center?
2: Well, the Morning Center is uh, something I'm very, very passionate about. I work with them, but it's more than just my job. I'm I'm very passionate about the Morning Center. We founded it in 2011 to provide full-service prenatal and maternity care to women in uh, urban and underserved areas. So, Basically, the the long term goal of the Morning Center is to actually provide free, full service prenatal care in the name of Jesus. That's completely Christ centered, and offer it to women in areas where they are not receiving any uh, any prenatal care or very little, very limited, very poor uh, prenatal care. So that's our goal. Ultimately, we want to uh, actually build maternity hospitals, maternity hospitals and uh, places like that are something that's been completely lost from the culture of healthcare. So we want to do that, but we're starting out with mobile care units. So it's very awesome because what we're going to do is find the areas in each of these uh, inner cities that have the highest need for maternity care and, and, you know, eventually even rural areas, but we're going to start in inner cities. And we're going to take the care to the women and the reason that this is like so dynamic and uh, it's actually what sets us apart from so many uh, other pro-life ministries is because um, we're actually going to take the care to them and transportation is usually one of the most uh, biggest challenges for a woman when she has found out that she's pregnant the transportation to get to a doctor's office to get to a hospital Get the care that that's needed, and you know anybody who has been a parent who's walked through the nine months of pregnancy knows how important that is.
1: And right. So, uh, right.
2: And, and so that's what we want to do is we want to literally become the hands and feet of Jesus, meet the woman where she's at, and take the 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 medical care to her, and uh, and it's it's proving to be a really good model, and we're really excited about it.
0: At least give me a little bit more info on just how big the need is for maternity care. Give me that picture on about how many people right now are not being served, and uh, just let us in a little bit more on that side of things because some people Absolutely. don't really see don't really see this as m- much of an issue or as big as an issue as it really is. And I know oh, that you've yeah. done a real done a real good job of outlining that. So uh, continue in that vein, would you?
2: Absolutely, yes. Um, and, you know, it's, it's something that's so hard to quantify. We have, our team has done a fabulous job of looking at national statistics, looking at local statistics in the cities that we have started to target. Um, but I'll just speak about Memphis in particular. Our first mobile care unit will be launching in Memphis in 2010. 13 in January, and um, what we have done is we have not just looked at places where there is, like, let's say perhaps a a high abortion rate, because we know statistically that a woman that um, can't afford for prenatal care or doesn't have easy access to prenatal care, uh, labor and delivery support, and postnatal um, care is more likely to choose to have an abortion, because it's easier and because it's it seems in the short run that it's more affordable. So beyond that, we've also looked at um, low birth rates. Low birth rates are a really important statistic to look at because they are the precursor to high infant mortality rates. When a baby is born with a low birth weight, it's usually because, although there's, there's many different factors, but one of the factors, some of the factors, are the fact that their mother is not receiving good, good medical care She's not receiving good nutrition, and there's, you know, other things that are easily preventable if that woman and child receives the proper prenatal care. And then on top of that, there's just the fact that if a a woman um, is on some sort of Medicaid program or some other uh, assistance program, she's easily not going to be receiving the highest quality of maternity care because there's so, so many other women that the, the care itself will go down. We know anecdotally in uh, Memphis that the hospital, uh, one of the hospital administrators or a medical professional there mentioned that he believes it's nearly 2,000 women that end up every year in the ER in Memphis at different hospitals and um, they have not had any prenatal care before going to the ER to deliver. So the need is actually much more massive than than people probably think, and it's it's just really really sad when um, the best that we can offer to a woman is to tell her to go to the emergency room when she goes into labor, uh, knowing that she hasn't had any preventative care or any prenatal care prior to that, and after she has her baby and walks out, then there's a good chance she'll not she and the baby will not receive any care after the baby's been born. So as Christians, I think it's important for us to step up to the plate and uh, offer that care. And because of that, I think we're going to see a significant change in the, the low birth weights, the high infant mortality rates. Memphis is actually one of the top three to five cities in, in the nation for infant mortality rates. And uh, it's kind of, a, it's, it's on the level of a third world country as far as the high, uh, high infant mortality rate there.
1: Wow. At least, at least, just what I want, this is Ezekiel, or Ezekiel, but yes, just what I want to ask you to do for me. When we hear a discussion of this nature, uh, a lot of times, Especially in my own experience too, a lot of time our discussion runs to organizations like, uh, CareNet or Planned Parenthood and, you know, from, especially when we talk prenatal and things like that, we automatically almost want to shift to this whole abortion discussion. So I want you to take sure. a moment just for our audience to clarify for us the difference between what you do and what a CareNet or Planned Parenthood and exactly what are the distinctions there so that we can get clearly, we can clearly lock in on what, it, what your purpose is for our community.
2: Absolutely. Um, that's the awesome thing about the Morning Center is we're stepping in to provide a need and a niche in the pro-life movement that hasn't been met yet. Um, and uh, we we love CareNet, We love Heartbeat. They're fabulous organizations. They oversee many different crisis pregnancy centers throughout the nation. As a former director of a crisis pregnancy center, I, I think that their services are invaluable. And our goal is actually to partner with Care Net, partner with crisis pregnancy centers and uh, pro-life clinics and pro-life doctors in every community that we go to. The What we're actually doing uh, at, a, at a typical crisis pregnancy center, if a woman walks in the door, uh, has, has her pregnancy test and finds out that she is pregnant, she will be referred out to uh, a doctor or to some sort of Medicaid-provided medical professional, OBGYN. Well, what the morning center actually is going to do is step in and say, okay, we are here and we're going to provide this prenatal care for you from the time that you find out you're pregnant through labor and delivery and all the way to, to after the baby is born, we'll be giving you postnatal checkups." And uh, the way we look at it is that um, this is a wonderful opportunity to really live out the gospel for these women, to have no strings attached and say, because the Lord has given to us freely, we freely want to give to you. Um, Planned Parenthood is is the largest provider of abortion around the world. And um, so, you know, our goal is to provide what Planned Parenthood doesn't provide and doesn't even offer. And that is, that is high-quality um, maternity care and uh, an option of, for life and hope and well-being.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so you are you are looking at, you know, almost, in a, obviously, what I, when I say long-term in this case, nine months, however long, ten months it takes for that you know woman to go through I'm the pregnancy uh, period. But you are looking at this, uh, not coming to it with the overall or the general assumption that this woman has already, you know, in, in most times, because I'm assuming you're going to run into these, that these women don't all, automatically come to you with the assumption that they have already agreed or committed to having this baby. So you've got some things, you know, that you have to you but give them an opportunity to kind of say okay you know you've got medical care you've got support until this comes out and you know it takes a little bit of stress off that table that she is concerned absolutely. especially a young a young teenager or a young lady is concerned about as they pro- progress through that you know a moment that god has so, put together so gratefully in a woman's body to watch that baby develop in her and that she can have absolutely. a moment to enjoy that moment
2: absolutely and it's for us, it's just the, the the natural next step in the pro-life movement. We believe the morning center really is that next step where the crisis pregnancy centers are fabulous, and they're on the front lines reaching out, offering the test, offering the counseling, and we can just put some flesh on the bones and we can say, okay, now we are going to provide this prenatal care and we're going to walk with you every step of the way. We're going to make sure you get top-notch care. You get everything that you need, <laughs> And um, so we're we're filling that niche, and we're going to walk with them, whether they need you know they need ultrasounds or um, whatever whatever care you know your wife you would want her to have that's what we're going to provide to the urban and underserved women in these inner cities.
0: Elise, uh, tell us a little bit more about the cities that uh, the Morning Center is going to be in. I know in doing some research for the show. I watched one of the videos on the Morning Center site, and you said that there are 275 cities in America with at least 100,000 people in population. Uh, Explain a little bit more why you're targeting those areas and how that all works.
2: Sure. Yeah, We are targeting uh, urban and underserved areas initially in the United States, and the reason that we are is simply because that's where the higher abortion rates, and the higher infant mortality rates are. And so there are, I guess, uh, hot spots or areas where we can easily uh, replicate this model of a mobile, a mobile maternity care unit. So um, those are the cities that we're targeting, and we, we uh, have kind of a unique formula of assessing the pro-life community in, in each of the cities, the medical professionals there, Um, what services are already being provided, and then really seeking seeking God and praying about which cities that that we're going into. So we have uh, about three to five on our list um, right now that are are, our top targets. And the the first one is Memphis, which, like I mentioned, we'll be going into in uh, January of 2013. We're very excited about that. And then beyond that, We are are also looking at Charlotte, Indianapolis, and a few other cities. Um, And I will say for for yourself yourself and any other listeners that um, we're always interested in hearing from anybody who thinks that their city might be a really great place to launch the Morning Center. Our goal, once we have two, three, four units on the ground, is to be able to replicate this as fast as we possibly can in other cities because we know that the need is great and we know that this is something that will be, uh, you know, much easier to replicate than to go and build a building or hospital in every city. So um, we're, just, we're just very excited with the partnership that we have with the folks in Memphis right now and in um, and Charlotte, and we're just uh, kind of keeping our ear to the ground and seeing the doors that the Lord opens for other cities as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think, uh, Rich, I think we're up almost time. I've got another great question I want to put to you, Elise. But I'm gonna. I think we have to take a quick break here before we move into our next segment. So, um, Rich, I want to take us a break while we uh, prepare for our next segment.
0: Sure can, Zeke. We'll be right. More, we'll be right back with more about the Morning Center on this edition of Motivation with a Purpose. Right after this timeout. You're listening to Motivation with a Purpose Radio on TalkZone.com. Back to your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. We are back on this edition of Motivation with a Purpose, continuing our conversation with Elise Bombach from the Morning Center. And Zeke, you wanted to ask a very pointed question before we went to break.
1: Go ahead, Zeke. Yeah, well... Uh Elise I was just uh, I know you've been talking about a few cities in uh, around the United States and I am sensing here and you can help us understand a little better because when we look at the statistics you know I, I do a lot of my talks and my shows looking at the trends in society uh, talking about single parent mothers and you know rate of birth per single parent you know a thousands you know I'll go through all these statistics and knowing the different cultures as well as the different ethnicities that are really struggling in this area uh, and so I am sensing here that obviously a lot of what goes on in this in, in the, uh, the less uh, less should I say um, those that have less of an ability to really pursue good prenatal care happens in the urban areas. So is your spend primarily in the urban r- areas or are you looking at any uh, rural uh, attachments as well?
2: We um, are right now just looking at the urban areas. Um, we we are certainly open to more smaller cities or, or even rural areas. Um, and it really does depend on the community. One of the cities that we're looking at um, has a a high abortion rate and also a pretty high infant mortality rate. But it's actually interesting as you kind of dig deeper into the statistics, the, um, the areas that have the higher need are actually more suburban and a little bit more sprawling than, than urban, which is, which is surprising. Um, but, uh, Memphis obviously, uh, our first, our first target city. It will very much be a, an urban-focused um, effort, and um, like I said, we were very much um, keeping our ear to the ground and wanting to adapt our model to the needs. And we do know there are areas that uh, that smaller communities, such as like college towns, as well as uh, some rural areas, that that need the care as well. Um, so. We're willing to adapt, but you are correct that we're, we're at first uh, targeting the urban areas.
0: Elise, I want to follow up on what Zeke was talking about and ask, why do you think there is that, uh, you know, you would think about the urban areas urban areas first, but as you just alluded to, uh, the suburban areas uh, have this same issue. Why do you think there is that uh, unexpected Dichotomy, I think, is the best the best word that I can use.
2: Well, I think um, I think there's several factors. I think one of the most significant factors, obviously, is just the, the economic um, situation that our country's in. And when you are looking at um, suburban areas, you're you're typically or or rural areas, you're typically looking at just a different demographic as far as their econ- economic status. You know, maybe folks that are a little bit more independent or um, have a little bit more of a stable job, that sort of thing. Whereas, when you're looking at urban or inner city areas, um, th- their economic status has been a lot more affected by the. Um, just, the, I mean, look at look at a city like Detroit, which is one of the cities that we have analyzed and continue to analyze. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Detroit is, is almost like a ghost town, and those that are living there just don't have the means to seek out the care that they need. And um, you also have the dynamic of folks that who would provide it, um, you know, good OBGYNs or doctors or whatever aren't, are themselves not able to afford to stay in areas like that. So I, oh. I think that's the, the biggest factor, and I think it's, it's a wonderful opportunity to then step into those areas Offer this for free, and um, and offer it for as a completely privately funded thing, and be able to to not only increase the quality of care they receive, but share the gospel when we have the chance to.
0: Zeke, you have an additional question about the mobile units. Why don't you go into that at this point? Make a good uh, segue as yeah. we continue with our conversation with Elise.
1: Yeah, at least as you just described for us, you know, the necessities there, whether urban or suburban, but the, the main thing is obviously um, probably more leaning on a poverty issue for some of these people that we're talking, some of these young ladies we're talking about. I want you to now give us, you know, because I think you've set the stage really well for why you are so unique as the morning center with your mobile care units. So let's talk about the, the units. You know, what's going on in there? What do you have, what are you offering those mobile care units that you can bring to people rather right, than have them come to you and by all means have the gust to do it for free. I mean tell us a little bit about um, what's in these units.
2: Yeah, um the way I like to describe it is to just tell folks to picture your typical doctor's office where you're going for your prenatal visit. And then to picture that inside of a of a RV, our our goal is to have actually two different kinds of mobile units. We're going to um, and, and these will be um, uniquely designed for the different areas that they're serving. We have um, one that's an RV mobile unit, so it will literally be a doctor's office on wheels. We'll have an ultrasound uh, machine in there, a private exam room. Um, you know, thinks everything that you would find, a little waiting room area. And so it will be perfect to drive into these urban and underserved areas, these, these inner cities, and the women um, who probably do not own a car can, uh, can they, they can stay in their own neighborhoods, their own little area, and, and walk to their, for their doctor's appointment. Um, we, we will also have a smaller unit that will be uh, probably like a minivan that will have all the same equipment in there, just not set up. And um, those, that unit will be used when we partner with churches, uh, community centers, um, organizations like that, who are already established in in the inner city. And what we'll be able to do is have an exam room uh, in their facility. And we'll, we'll. Uh, it's it's fascinating the amount of of uh, progress that technology has made in the last few years. When I started. Five years ago, um, as the director of a crisis pregnancy center, our ultrasound machine was, was ginormous. Well, it wasn't ginormous, but it was big. It was bigger than a uh, you know, an old personal computer that we all used to have. Um, and nowadays they have ultrasound machines that are uh, just a little bit larger than a laptop, and I think they weigh like 20 or 30 pounds. So we'll have one of those state-of-the-art, brand-new, um, and uh, we'll be able to, to do everything that we could have done in the, in the RV unit or a regular doctor's office right there in um, the, the room provided to us in the community center or church or whatever facility we are uh, partnering with right there in their neighborhood. So, again, we, we think that that does two, two wonderful things for us. For one, like I've mentioned before, it brings us into their world, into their neighborhood and their community, And then beyond that, it actually allows us to be a bridge to connect them to other good resources in their community. For example, if we are set up at a church, a woman in the inner city typically may not have a reason to go to that church or a reason to um, trust the people at that church. But if that's where she goes once a month for her um, OB-GYN doctor's appointment, then she is going to have the opportunity to, to walk through the doors of a, of a place where, you know, maybe she has been skeptical or unsure to walk through before. And any resources that she may need beyond uh, a medical care will will have her her in the right location to be able to point her and say, you know what, this, this church here, they can help you with food or they can help you with, um, you know, child care or whatever other resource she may need. So... We're really excited that um, that Lord William will be able to be a bridge as well to further uh, hope and life and healing in in the women that we serve.
0: Elise, what role do you think, from your perspective, does the Morning Center play in our overall health care debate in this country? As we all know, that's a hot topic on a lot of people's minds. And what you're doing here has to be making some kind of a positive impact on that. I would... Just think, looking at it from the outside. What are your thoughts?
2: Oh, I have lots of thoughts about that, but I, I definitely um, let's start with agreeing with you. I think that if nothing else, the whole healthcare debate right now in our in our nation has provided a sense of um, instability, um, a sense of not being sure, a sense of skepticism, all those things which aren't <laughs> you know which aren't good, and I think which um, uh, further discourage uh, people from seeking out good health care. and I I believe that the morning center will do two two things um, in uh, kind of in response to or, or just you know we're going to be to them and naturally they respond to the whole healthcare thing. I think number one, we're going to be providing these women something uh, healthy, stable, and consistent, and uh, kind of pay, paperwork free or or they don't have to jump through hoops, they don't have to prove a certain level of income, or, you know, it's just freely offered to anyone who needs it. So I think that's going to be just a, a sense of, um, <laughs> hopefully just very refreshing for them. And then on, on, the, on the flip side of that coin, for um, medical missionaries and uh, medical professionals who really just are passionate about what they do, I know that, that the whole um, state of healthcare for them um, that they find that they find American right now can be discouraging, just because there is so many paperwork and um, strings attached to funds and that sort of thing. And with our approach as a private healthcare model, where all of our funding is 100% private, um, we won't be accepting government funding, which means that we won't uh, have strings attached to our funding we won't have uh, the significant amount of paperwork that many, um, especially, you know, all the ends and and um, maternity care providers face because of the amount of women on Medicaid and, and state assistance. Uh, I, I think for, for healthcare professionals, they're, they're going to look at this model, and they already have. And, in fact, there's other models of similar type approaches with, with medical um, providers around the nation. And, and it's very refreshing for them as well. And it's also much more stable. Uh, they're able to do my, uh, do more with what lost money and um, able to really focus on providing the medical care, which is what they want to do and why they got into medicine in the first place. So I think uh, we're, we're thankful that that will hopefully be refreshing to both uh, our our
1: staff as well as the people that we're serving. Elise, uh, we're coming up on another break in a little while, here, but I want you to um, just take your time. We'll let you know when we're in there. But I want you to, to you, know that first of all, remember that you're on, a, you're on a friendly show here for what you're doing. But I want you to address something that comes to mind. Uh, if what you're doing as you're giving free health care and all these things and these women providing all this uh free uh, opportunity for women women to to get some medical help that is very, very, very necessary. What is your argument for those that would say, well, you are creating a kind of irresponsibility on the part of these women if they're not going to be held accountable from a financial standpoint? To what is the manner of them with with, with regards to going through this prenatal care and, and medical care for for, for 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 this birth situation that they're in that are faced with? So, is do you see do you come across that argument that you give them you give them a ticket for irresponsibility?
2: I we have a little bit that is definitely something I'm familiar with. Um, I guess th- there's there's kind of two responses that I have for that. For, firstly, I would say that although we will offer our care uh, free of cost or, or without charging our clients, we um, will be certain to, or, or they, they will have an opportunity to know that it is, though it's free to them, it is costly. It's not free to, you know, so if somebody wanted to say, hey, I have some money, I'd like to donate it uh, to you, or uh, if, they, if they want to know how much it costs for their care, that, that will be made available to them. I think that we will be presenting the gospel and saying just like we're offering to the, offering this care to you free free of charge is like what Jesus did but it was costly to him because it cost mm. his life and uh, was painful and, and explain that to them in a way that they can, that they can understand and realize that even though they aren't paying for it, it, it is, it's not free. <laughs> And I think, um, kind of, in response to the current model, um, where where a woman is is, is offered Medicaid, um, I think that that is a true dependency um, because there there isn't ever any any uh, representation of the cost associated with that, and um, you know we are providing the, the free care for a specific time, um, for. Or her maternity care, and um, I think you know ultimately our concern is not so much that that the client knows what <laughs> what it costs or that it is costly, although we'll share that, but that we are just the hands and feet of Jesus, and uh, we're not asking anything in return. And I think that will make a powerful statement. And I and I don't think the statement will be dependency as much as it will be uh, gratitude. And and you know there may be folks. Women who who aren't grateful and and don't uh, don't appreciate us as much as we would like, but that's really not our concern because we're doing it as unto the Lord. So
0: now, with one minute to break, Elise, I would like to ask this question as a follow up. What I see you explaining to us on today's show so far is with the morning center model, you're actually showing somebody a way to move their life forward in a positive direction. Isn't that really what you're, uh, you're saying here, is that we're not going to bog Absolutely. you down, we're going to move you forward in a positive direction?
2: Absolutely, yeah, we're, we're saying instead of requiring you to have a certain income level or fill out this paperwork or jump through the soup or whatever, we're going to come to you, we're going to offer you the care that you need, and we're going to encourage you as you take those steps um, to move forward in a positive way. And we're, our goal is to move them from that um, position of hopelessness and discouragement um, with what to do when you're in an unexpected, you know, pregnancy crisis situation to one of uh, really hope and encouragement and knowing that they will have someone to depend on and trust for the next nine or ten months. That's absolutely right, Rick.
0: More about the inspiring story of the Morning Center with Elisa Bombach after this time out on Motivation with a Purpose. It's time for more Motivation with a Purpose
1: Radio on TalkZone.com. Now back to your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. Ladies and gentlemen, again, welcome back to Motivation with the Purpose on Talk Zone Radio. Here we are talking to Elise Baumbach, and she has been giving us some great information about Morning Center and this unique solution that they are bringing to our communities and our society. And Elise, I want to continue on here with our discussion, and by bringing this to you in this way is that I understand this very well. You know, it's, it's great to have a wonderful solution. To a need which we know we have in our community and what Morning Center can uh, can address, but if nobody or at least you know your key targets don't know that you exist, it, it doesn't mean it doesn't do us a whole lot of good. So, but yes, the, the part yes, what's unique about this question is that I feel like a lot of the people that you're probably going to be seeing and targeting. Uh, even if, for example, our young ladies, maybe teenagers are you know, tw- uh, just coming out and they 're in this place where they really don 't have the resources that they need to have uh, to address a medical need or prenatal need of this care, of this of this kind, I want you. I think, you know, in my mind, that a lot of the people that are going to be your primary target, uh, first of all, don't even realize at this point in time, especially if the young teenage people just coming up and and are engaged in sexual activity, don't even realize they need someone like Morning Center. So, the unit—I mean—how are you reaching your target market? It's got, I guess is the question, considering that kind of thought with people who may not even know they need you yet.
2: Sure, absolutely. Well, we we plan to have a multi-pronged approach. Um, we definitely want to be sure that we are reaching our target market, and and you're exactly right that it's the kind of situation where um, the <laughs> a typical client hasn't given a lot of forethought to to something like this. And when they when they need you, they need you uh, right away, and it's, it's typically an unexpected situation for them. So we have um, multiple ways of doing that. For one, like I mentioned earlier, we will be partnering with folks who are already on the front line. And, um, know, you know, like crisis pregnancy centers that know about these, uh, women in need and maybe, and just aren't able to provide them the medical care. Um, you know, they'll be there for them at the beginning and then we'll be able to, to take, uh, take their medical care from there. Also, um, you know, many, many, uh, young people are on, online nowadays and so we're, we're working really hard to have, uh, uh, significant online presence through website and social media um, and through the the online presence of um, people uh, organizations and people who uh, are already connected with our demographic and then uh, thirdly um, the most powerful uh, way of marketing really is word of mouth and I saw this with when I worked at the crisis pregnancy center and in other ministries where we have uh, reached out to inner city areas is once you tell or once one or two people in a, in a neighborhood or a community um, have been touched and reached by my, uh, uh, the morning center, I think the news will spread fast because, um, it, you know, uh, if, if one person's life has been impacted by it and their friend, they, they find out their friends in a similar situation, they're um, going to, if you've developed a, a sense of trust with them and have done a, a good job of, of serving them they're going to spread the news so we are um, we're going to treat each of our clients as if um, they were our only clients and to, to really serve them um, uh, in the way that jesus would and we we know that he'll reward us for that and and uh, we'll we'll make every effort to um, reach out to these women in whatever way that they're most accessible.
1: Yeah, and I and I and you used the term earlier uh demographic and when I think about that whole uh really being able to reach a target market too, uh yeah, I think I would assume that a good portion of your thought process at this point in time starts to really key in on the statistical figures to see whether it's urban or suburban areas, you know, what age ranges, you know. I mean I know for a fact, for example, that the number of women between the ages of uh 15 to about you know 25 29 you know in that just like early 30s that they make up the far greater percentage of uh of mothers that are uh how do i put this unmarried mothers or per se women That are single the single parent demographic out there. So you know, I'm assuming that a lot of your you know you're being you're keen in on these demographic areas, looking at those numbers and saying that okay, for us to reach this area, these are the you know whether it's uh, not just uh, media radio show, but these are the places that we need to put our you know we to position ourselves. Uh, I'm assuming that's what you're doing as you go through this process.
2: Yes, we are. We are, absolutely. And and then we're carefully looking at the specific statistics in each community that we go to. So not only just the general ones that we kind of all know, like you said, from 15 to 29 is is definitely our demographic, and but also looking at specific statistics in each community because that's the uh, thermometer or barometer by which we can measure in 6 months or 12 months if we are reaching um, yes. those that are that are in need, so that's very very important. And in each of our local warning centers, um, in each city, will will eventually have their own little board that will you know assess and analyze that. And um, we we hope to be very. Uh, it's it's a danger in any in any ministry that that's national to uh, kind of lose lose track of the pulse of each community that you're in, but. It's our goal to remain very in touch with needs in each community.
0: Elise, how has working at the morning center and being one of the people at the start of this project impacted the way that you look at becoming a mom?
2: Oh my, that's a great <laughs> question, Rich. <laughs> well, growing growing up, I, I have um, I, I'm part of a big family, and my mom was always um. A very very good mom and she incorporated um, me in some of her prenatal appointments and being able to participate I actually was able to assist it, a couple of my siblings first and so um, oh wow already yes <laughs> I was already very passionate about about um, this sort of thing but I think I think that working at the Morning Center has has not only um, just fueled my passion for um, Seeing, seeing high-quality maternity care be provided in areas where it's not, um, but also just me personally wanting to uh, achieve some of the, the skills and um, and knowledge base that I think um, will be helpful at, at some point, um, whether it's, it's when I um, get blessed with the opportunity of being a mom and having a baby or or um, just being an encouragement to my friends around me. Um, So I, uh, a few years ago, actually a little bit less than a year ago, started uh, purchasing uh, books about midwifery and births and reading them. And so I'm just starting the process of of studying that a little bit more formally. And, um, you know, maybe someday I'll I'll, uh, be able to... uh, Know much more about the medical side than I are than I do now, which I'm very excited about.
0: <laughs> what are you looking for, for I should say forward to, in becoming a midwife? Have you had a lot of, uh, let's say, dreams about what that's going to be? That first experience is going to be like, or or just what's been on your mind as far as that goes.
2: Well, I think I think I have um, the the heart the heart part and the head part when it comes to that. Um, like I said, I've been to, to oh goodness, I think six or seven births, so I'm pretty familiar with with that. And I know there's there's uh, several of my friends from high school were not, and I I am blessed that I that I'm familiar with it. And I think it's just a beautiful expression of of God's grace and glory and bringing a, a new person to the world. Um, but, uh, so there's the heart part of me that's just, like, super thrilled about new life and, and all that. And then there's the head part of me that says, you know, I I am so passionate about women receiving good maternity care. And um, if you look back historically, a lot of that um, came to the model of, of older women in the community um, just encouraging and and blessing and helping younger women and walking with them through, through the nine months of pregnancy and beyond. And that's where the term midwife even comes from. So, you know, I understand right now I'm a younger woman and I have a lot to, lot to learn, but I think that concept drives a lot of, of my um, passion and um, love of what I do at the morning center. You know, we, we're going to have OBGYNs, we're going to have midwives, we're going to have um, nurses, we're going to have all different medical professionals um, volunteering and on our staff. But that overarching principle of coming alongside and, and walking with somebody through the ups and downs and challenges and um, all the way through to the end is, is just, it's, it's the, I guess you'd say, the midwife model. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, it really drives, drives my passion of not just learning midwifery, but wanting to see the Morning Center succeed in Memphis and then in, in cities all across our nation.
1: Elise, yes, uh, yes, 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 a small shift for you, but I think it's something that you would resonate with as well. By the way, I didn't tell you early on, but I'm, 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 I'm liking you. You you know, I mean, I say the word girl respectfully, but you're an Idaho girl. My wife's an Idaho girl, so I'm all down for you, for what you're saying out there and what you're doing. So kudos. But I also, (laughs) I also spend a lot of time. In fact, uh, tomorrow I'll be out there talking to several hundred men. at a men's conference, and I spent uh, quite a bit of my time speaking to men as well. So, how, in your view, can the morning center, before we, we've been talking about ladies the whole time, we just have a couple of minutes left, but how can, how can the morning center influence men to become more involved in this prenatal? Uh, is there anything that you feel you, you'll be lending to that area of men being more involved in the lives of their children or pre-birth?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, that's a good question. In fact, I've been having this discussion with somebody else um, here locally in Idaho who who kind of challenged me in the same area. And um, uh, y- yes, you're right that the focus of the um, mater- uh, morning center's maternity care is going to be on the woman and the child she's carrying. That's just the nature of, of our, our vision with our, our ministry. But um, we understand that. Uh, a woman is not a, a solitary unit by herself, and her support system around her, and for for the child, the, the father of the baby, if he is, um, you know, at all willing to participate, it will be very, very welcoming to him and any of the rest of her family or friends or whoever is her support system um, to be participating in these appointments, and uh, the labor and delivery process and beyond. Um, we think that the the family is the um, foundation of, of society and culture, and um, it's, it's far better for uh, a child to be raised with a mom and a dad. So um, while we don't, we won't have any specific uh, for the men, I guess, uh, training just because it's it's outside of the scope of our vision. What we will do, besides just encouraging and supporting that. Is be partnering with ministries who do have that. Um, that's something a lot of crisis pregnancy centers offer, um, or churches is is, is uh, male mentorships and and parenting classes and places where they the, the men in, in these women's lives can can be comfortable um, and challenged and also grow and flourish in in this new opportunity and the new new uh, calling in their life. So. I, I'm personally very passionate about that. Um, I've seen um, crisis pregnancy centers that have done that fabulously, and it really makes a huge difference. Um, and that's something that I think the, the whole Morning Center agrees on, that, that that's an important component of this whole process.
0: Elise, how can people contribute to the Morning Center's mission and get a hold of you in our remaining moments?
2: Great question. There's a couple different ways they can, they can reach me. Um, they can go to our website, which is morningcenter.org, and it's morning like good morning. So, M-O-R-N-I-N-G-Center.org. Uh, you can also call me, my phone number, my direct line, which, uh, you can reach me anytime if I'm away from my desk, leave a voicemail. It is 208-890-0086. Or they can send an email to info, I-N-F-O, info, at morningcenter.org. Again, M-O-R-N-I-N-G center.org. Also go to Facebook, search Morning Center, and we'll come up, uh, like our page, and you'll get all the updates. And uh, you can give online right there on our website. Um, and, And another great opportunity that we're participating in right now, if you go to our Facebook page or our website, you'll see links to this. And we're participating in a contest called Give, and uh, a business has uh, decided to contribute $100,000 to several different ministries, and the ministry that wins first place will receive $50,000, which will be a huge, huge boost if we're able to uh, to win first place for uh, launching our mobile unit in Memphis. So everyone, uh, it's, it's, it's based on a cumulative total of votes, so everyone can vote from now, through October 31st, once a day.
0: Excellent, so, excellent.
2: Encourage, encourage people to check that out, morningcenter.org. There's a banner on the homepage. Just click through, and you'll get all the instructions.
0: Excellent, and I want to encourage everybody in our listening audience to vote on that. I've already voted three times, and I'm going to encourage my co-host, Zeke Bambolo, to vote in that contest. Also, least thank you very much for being a guest on our show today as we talk about the inspiring story of the Morning Center right here on Motivation with a Purpose. Join us next week for another exciting, inspiring story right here on Motivation with a Purpose on TalkZone.com. Have a good weekend, everybody.